mention also that Grandma D is not well today, and also the Lanahans, Pastor Lanahan and Kim are in Coffs Harbour today, so pray for them. Ephesians chapter 6, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you today that we can be together in this place. Thank you that we can sing praise to your name. We thank you that, Father, we can come and worship you together as believers. Father, we do think this morning as we come to this time around your word, we do want to make mention of Carissa, uh, this young lady in a coma today, this friend of Josh Thompson. We do pray, Father God, that you have your hand upon the family, indeed even upon Chris, and we do pray that she might make a recovery. We do pray that, Lord, you just undertake there. You know the circumstance there, you know the situation. We do pray that, Lord, you just guide and you would help, and that, Lord, that you'd show yourself mighty in this situation. Father, we pray that you bless now as we uh, come around your word. We pray that, Lord, you give us wisdom and understanding. Uh, that, Lord God, that your word might be a blessing to our hearts and our lives. And that, Lord, we might be challenged by your truth and be able to leave today singing your praise. Just bless now, we pray, as we look into your word. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's no doubt that when we read the word of God, we are left with an understanding that God has a chain of command in the home. Christ is the head, and then the husband, then the wife, and then the children. And God's commands, God commands every child and every teenager to obey and honor their parents. And when God's order of authority is not followed in the family, bitterness, rebellion, suffering, and problems all follow. For teenagers especially, this order is hard to accept for it puts them last in the last position on the family totem pole. And yet just as the husband and the wife are to learn to submit to each other through being filled with the Holy Spirit and being submitted to Christ, children and teenagers have an obligation in the home to follow God's plan. Children must learn to accept God's order and obey and honor their parents. And when they do, harmony will exist in the home. And so as we continue our studies in Ephesians, and we come now to chapter 6, I want us this morning to consider two uh, things that children, two commands that children must obey. Two commands that children must obey. Now I know the children are over there, and the adults are all here, except for the teenagers. Well, this is for teenagers, but it's also for adults, because as parents, you see, we have a responsibility to help our children. We're going to see that to learn this principle. So first of all, children must obey. Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is the first command of God to children. God's will for children, God's will for teenagers, is that they submit to the will of their parents. In fact, the command is simple. Children are to obey their parents. There's nothing complicated about it. There's nothing detailed about it. There's, nothing, uh, there's no ambiguity about it. It's simple. Children, obey your parents. And you would think it would be simple then to do. But we all know, those of us who are parents, we all know that that is not necessarily the case when it comes to children. And as they get older and become teenagers, sometimes it's even less so. Even though it's a simple command, children obey, it seems it's one of those hard things 
to get your head around. The word obey here means to hear as a subordinate, to listen attentively, to conform to the command or authority. And uh, it was the second part of that definition that I, I, I thought was interesting, to listen attentively. That's a lot of the problem with children. They don't listen attentively to commands and therefore they find it hard to obey. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20, please. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Obey your parents in all things. This is well-pleasing in the Lord. Obedience is doing what God says and doing it with the right attitude. Submission to parents should be viewed as an act of obedience to God. And therefore, obeying parents is doing what parents say when they say it with the right attitude. Parents, this is where we come into the fray. Because children need to be taught this principle. And parents need to realize that before God, children have no authority and therefore it's our responsibility to help them to understand their place in the home, to help them understand what they need to do by way of obedience. We have a great responsibility as parents to teach our children why it's important that they obey, to teach our children to obey. It's all well and good, you and I spouting off the verse and saying, children, obey your parents, and saying to our kids, God says you are to obey us. But we have to help them to understand the importance of obedience. We have to give them an example worth following that they want to obey us. We need to uh, teach them these principles so that they might learn how to obey. So it not only means the children have a responsibility to obey, but the parents have a responsibility to teach their children obedience. It's one of the most important jobs that we have as parents. It's helping our children to understand how to obey instructions. Helping them when they're young to learn how to obey one another. The day is coming when they will grow up, they'll leave home, and we want them in that day to obey the will of God. We want them to live in the center of his will. When they leave home, we want them to do God's will to God's glory and we want them to be in obedience to him and they have to learn that principle in the home. They have to learn that where you and I are God's representative in the home as parents. They have to learn the importance of obedience to the will of another so that when they leave home, they will understand that principle clearly with regard to God's will for their lives. You know, we don't need to teach our children to disobey because they inherited that inclination from Adam. And you and I, as parents, understand that we're the same. You know, we don't have to teach to be taught to disobey. Disobedience is something that comes naturally. But obedience must be taught. It's essential, therefore, that parents teach children obedience. So that children will grow up knowing how to obey God even when they don't understand the will of God for their life and even when they don't want to do the will of God in their life, they understand the importance of obedience to God. You see, what we're to be doing as parents, we're to be instilling in our children a conviction of what is right and wrong, a conviction of the will of God for their lives so that as they grow up, 
They change from obeying us because that we are their parents and we have the authority over them to a place by the way they willingly obey the Lord because they've learnt the principle of obedience. That they grow up understanding that there's a principle to follow, that there are certain things that are right and wrong in this life and that in accordance with God's word, we ought to obey those things. And as they get older, they understand that these things are important, not because mom and dad says so, but because it's their own personal conviction. One of the things that teenagers need to learn is that they need to understand they need their own personal convictions. So that when they become young adults and when they become young marriage, they have convictions of their own. It send them a good step for the future. So as parents, we need to teach our children to obey. Disobedience must be punished so that obedience can be learned. God wants children to obey for he knows what's best for them. And to that end, the apostle gives two reasons for the children to obey their parents. First of all, he says, he says, children obey your parents in the Lord. They don't obey in the Lord. This means that their obedience is part of their Christian obedience. In a similar way to a wife submitting to a husband in Ephesians 5.22 and the husband loving his wife in Ephesians 5.25, in the Lord here, uh, it conveys the idea that this is their Christian duty, this is their responsibility as believers. Those children who know Jesus Christ their Savior, those teenagers who know Jesus Christ their Savior in the home, have an obligation before Almighty God as part of their obedience to God to obey their parents. It's not some arbitrary rule that God gave to parents that has no relevance to, their, to our Christian life. This is the consequence of our relationship to God. We ought to obey our parents. Now the phrase in the Lord here may be considered either as a limitation of the obedience that is, that it should be in obedience in those things that are agreeable in the mind and the will of the Lord. And it may well be in the Lord, you know, that uh, uh, children are simply to obey their parents as long as their parents don't have to do those things which are contrary to the will of God. I mean, no child should be expected to obey a parent who a parent says, I want you to go in that store and steal. That's contrary to God's word. Thou shalt not steal. Therefore, a child should not steal no matter what their parents say. Okay? So there are principles in God's word whereby a child is not obligated to disobey God in order to obey their parents. So this may well be a limitation upon uh, that command, children obey. Or it may simply be an argument for the command to obey. Because it's command of the Lord... Okay, we are to do this in the Lord. This is because this is part of our responsibility to serving God. As children, we are to obey in the Lord. We are to do it as if we are doing it to the Lord. So that we might bring glory to his name. It's the same as in verse 22 of chapter 5, where it says, Wives, submit yourselves under your own husbands, as unto the Lord. Carries the similar connotation, as unto the Lord. We're to, it's well-pleasing to him. It makes for his glory, and therefore it should be done for his sake in the Lord. Now, which, which of these two it means is uh, over debate. Probably it means both. 
Probably the connotation in the Lord is for both these two ideas to be conveyed to children. Either way, a child's obedience to parents ought to be performed as an act of obedience to the Lord. The second reason why they're to obey in verse 1 is for this is right. For this is right. You know, this reason is simple, isn't it? It's simply right to obey their parents. And the reason for that is because children will never find God's will for the future if they can't obey the Lord, obey the Lord now by obeying their parents now. Our children will never learn what it means to obey the Lord when they leave home if they don't learn to obey their parents while they're young. You know, you and I might be living in the 21st century and there might be a, a wonderful relaxing in society about the discipline of children and about the, uh, the, the uh, uh, correction of children. That somehow that, you know, we're just to allow our children to find their own way because we don't want to uh, suppress their self-esteem. So we want them to express themselves and give them freedom and, and so on. The problem with that is that may, that may well be culturally uh, what we are told, but it's not what biblically we're told. What we're told in the Bible is that children need to learn to obey. If they can't obey their parents, how are they ever going to learn to obey a boss when they leave home? How are they ever going to learn to obey a boss when they go to work? How are they ever going to learn to obey the Lord? How are they ever going to obey those who are in authority over them? If they can't learn to obey at home, how are they going to learn to obey in society? And that's why we have a lot of problems in our society today. One day God will, but one day rather our children will grow up. When they do, for them to have happiness... And blessedness, they must learn to obey. Now understand the biblical obedience is complete. It's immediate. It's without complaint, it's without question. That's what is meant by obedience. Partial obedience or delaying obedience is disobedience. Go back with me to First Samuel, please. First Samuel chapter fifteen. Illustrate this matter of partial obedience is simply disobedience. 1 Samuel 15 and verse uh, 1, it says this, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king of his, his people over Israel. Now therefore I hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel how he laid waste for him in the way when he came up out of Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all they have, and spare them not, but slay both the man and the woman, the infant and the suckling, the ox, the sheep, the camel, and ass. So Saul's commanded to go and destroy Amalek. Look in verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good. I would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuge, that they dis destroyed utterly. Then drop down to verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice, as a sin offering and a voice, uh, uh, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken to the fat of rams, for rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. 
Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. So partially obeyed God's command. But he didn't do all that God commanded. He didn't kill the king, Agag. He didn't kill all the animals. He didn't kill all the people. He kept the best. And because of that disobedience, God said he'll take the kingdom from Saul. It was a partial obedience, but he lost the kingdom. In fact, God told him that his rebellion was like the sin of witchcraft. His disobedience was seen to be that severe. And because this is God's will, that children obey their parents, we need to understand that God requires parents to expect of our children complete, immediate, non-complaining, unquitting obedience to the request so that we might enforce the biblical command and the biblical standard. You know, it's, it's no good if we say to our child, do this, and they don't do it and say, that's one, and they don't do it, that's two, they don't do it, that's three, I'm warning you, and they don't do it, that's, I'm warning you, I don't do it, that's, I'm warning you. Sooner or later, they're going to figure out that all the warnings of the world have no consequence to it. There has to be an expectation on parents' behalf that we expect our child to obey. An expectation that they will do it according to what we've asked of them. And as parents, we need to understand obedience, the disobedience is sin. And therefore, they will, uh, therefore, we need to set God's standard in the home. We need to hold it that obedience is right, disobedience is sin, and we need to reward obedience and punish disobedience so our children may understand the difference. As parents, we need to remember that we reap what we sow. And therefore, we must help our children obey so that we may reap the blessing and they might reap the blessing. Because it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do. If they're doing the right thing, if they're obeying their parents, then God will bless them. And as parents, we need to expect that they obey. We need to, to understand the disobedience of sin. We need to understand that they, they need to understand that, that we do reap what we sow. And there's a consequence to disobedience. And parents, that's our responsibility. To help our children understand their role, they understand what's expected of them before Almighty God. And that they understand that obedience to parents and disobedience against parents is an act to or against God. You know, when I was growing up, I, I can remember my dad would send me to my room when I would disobey. I used to think that was pretty cruel to be sent to your room and have to sit and sweat in the room for uh, seemed like an eternity while you wait for the punishment to arrive. Uh, I did learn later on when I became a parent that that was more about the parent cooling down than it was the child needing some time to think about their consequence of their actions. Uh, because, you know, we are to be careful not to provoke our children to wrath. And so you need to deal with your children in a calm, collective manner. And sometimes your children push you to the limits and uh, you have to uh, take a breath or two. Uh, and sometimes some of your children are better at doing that than others. Uh, that was certainly true in our family. Uh, some of our kids who are much easier causing me to get riled up. Others are my children. 
and I needed to cool down before I went and dealt with them. But you know, when my dad would send me to the room and I'd get to the room and he would come in eventually, my father would always tell me that this, uh, he would explain that the punishment I was about to endure was because of my disobedience and not because it was just disobedience against my parents, but I disobeyed God. And he explained to me and then he would discipline me. And as I got older, that continued. So that I, I learnt principles of obedience, that obedience to my parents was an act of obedience to God, and disobedience to my parents was an act of disobedience to, my, uh, to God, and therefore there's a consequence for my disobedience. Not only a consequence of obedience, disobedience to my parents, but a consequence of disobedience to my God. So that when I got older, I understood, and I realized that obedience to my parents was an act of obedience to God. And so that I grew up understanding the principle of obedience. And if we want God to bless our children, then our children must learn to obey the Lord. And do this by learning to obey their parents. The second command to children is found in verses 2 and 3, which is their children must honour their parents, honour thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that mayest live long on the earth. The word honour here means to prize, to value, to esteem. For life to be a blessing must come by way of submission. And to honour someone is to place great value on them, to view them as a treasure to demonstrate respect for them. In fact, the word honour in its purest sense means to respect. Children are to respect their parents. Now that means that we've got to give them something worthy of respecting. If you and I are wholly disrespectful and you and I have nothing and totally despicable and there's nothing worth respecting, it's very hard for our children to respect us. But children are commanded to honour, to respect their parents. That is to love them, to reverence them, to obey them, to assist them in all things. What it means to honour our father and mother may change as we grow older. But the principle will always endure. You know, the adult child does not need to, does not owe his parents obedience. You know, when a child gets older, particularly when a child leaves home and gets married, that child doesn't owe the parent any obedience. They've created a new family unit. They, they are independent. There's no expectation of children to continue to obey their parents when they get older. But children still owe their parents respect and honour when they get older. And the Bible makes it clear that this is the first commandment with promise. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16. Paul reinforces the idea of children honoring their father and mother by quoting Deuteronomy 5.16, where God promised to bless the obedient child. He says this, he says, Honor thy father and mother as the Lord... Thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. 
This is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long in the earth. That's the way it's translated in Ephesians chapter 5, and in chapter 6, verse 3. There is something special about respecting your parents. It brings with it this promise that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, Christians normally divide the Ten Commandments into the first four dedicated to God and the last six dedicated towards the fellow man. The Jews, though, divided the Ten Commandments down the middle, five sets of, uh, two sets of five. And they saw the Lord who honoured thy father and the mother to be more a duty to God than a duty to man. Therefore, they put it in the first half, the first table of the commandments as that which was expected of us is duty to God. Honor thy father and mother. This is an expectation on children because this is what God requires of them. To honor their father and mother. You need therefore to understand that honor has to do with the right attitude. Children are to honor their parents because that's the will of God for them. And this includes an inward esteem of them. And that's outwardly expressed by the treatment of their parents, but it's an inward heart attitude. That children learn to fear their parents with a reverential fear. That they learn to respect them. As I said, as parents, we have a responsibility to give them something worth respecting. That you and I live lives that are worthy of their honor. But they don't have an inward attitude that is expressed by outward actions and words is the opposite to that of mocking them and despising them. You know, it really is a shame, isn't it, when you see children grow up and they become teenagers and become young adults and they despise their parents. And they ridicule their parents. They mock their parents. Now, I know as parents we all cop a fair bit of uh, uh, of uh, reaping from our children, particularly as they get a bit older, they get those rolled back eyes and those looks, and you just know that your children are not impressed with the joke you just told or the story you just told, or that look that says, I've heard that one so many times, do you really need to tell it again? Which seems to come around very often the older I get with my children. You get those looks. I, I, I look out from the pulpit some Sundays and I start telling a story and I can see my kids' eyes roll back in their heads saying, yeah, we've heard that one, Dad. Haven't you got any new ones? So we're all used to those things and we ought to expect those things. That's just normal relationship with children to parents and we'd be sad place if our parents couldn't make a bit of fun of us as adults because the truth of the matter is we are worthy of some poking of fun. We all, when we get a bit older... You know, in the eyes of children are a bit dorky and a bit funny and a bit odd. Some more than others, but we are that way. But it is sad when children have no respect for their parents. When they become to a place whereby they despise their parents. Who's to blame for that? You know, the truth of the matter is, it's usually the parents to blame for that. The way that we've raised our children caused them to despise us. 
You and I ought to help them to honor us. We ought to help them to have an inward esteem for us that's that's shown by the way they speak to us and speak about us, that they love us in a special way. It also builds and reflects on obedience to the lawful commands. You know, obedience is the outworking of honor. If a child honors their parents, they will want to obey their parents. And children show honor, honor by coming when parents call them, going where parents send them, doing what they bid them to do, not doing what they forbid them from do, for doing, and doing all cheerfully because they love them. It would be nice if that was true of children all the time. But that's our goal, isn't it? We're aiming to get our children to love us so much that they simply want to honor us, and because they want to honor us, they want to obey us. That's what God does to you and I. We love him because he first loved us. He showed us love. And because of his love for us, he expects us to respond to him in love. And if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And if we keep his commandments, we'll be obeying him. And in obeying him, we're honoring him. And that's the principle in the home that God wants you and I to follow. It also means that submission to their rebukes and instructions and corrections. Children ought to obey because then it might be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. But it may be well with thee. God will honor those who honor their parents. Young people, if you want God to bless you, then honor your parents. If you want God to honor you, then honor your parents. It makes for a good home life. And therefore things are well when children honor and obey their parents. But it also brings long life, it says here, that they may as live long on the earth. Now that was very poignant for the Jews because a rebellious child could be stoned to death. Rebellion, which was seen as the sin of witchcraft, you could be taken and stoned to death for disobedience. I've often wondered how many of you and I would be here today if that rule was still applied. Okay, I'm not just talking about our kids, I'm talking about us as adults. I wonder how many of us had survived our childhood if stoning for rebellion was uh, still enacted today. We could be thankful that that doesn't happen anymore. But that statement was very poignant to the early Christians, the Jews in particular, because they knew that, that if they did not obey, they may not live long on the earth. And not only that, the Roman children were very much at the behest of their, their father. The father uh, had to, uh, before they reached uh, an adult age, the father had, had, had absolute right over his children. He had absolute authority. He could have them put to death at him. If they so much as did disobeyed him for the slightest thing, he'd have them put to death. And so living in a Roman home uh, was fraught with danger because obedience was demanded and the punishment was death. Well, they may live long on the earth. So the connotation for us today is this, that life of obedience is a safe life. If you learn to obey your parents, children, and if you learn to honor your mum and your dad 
then it will bring long life. It will bring a life that is free from danger, free from accident. You know, when, when a child is protected by their parent, the parent protects them from, from injury. The reason why parents don't let you do certain things is because they're not good for you. They know the danger of those things. And when parents put up fences and say, you can, whatever you want to do, you can do within this boundary here, but you're not allowed outside the boundary, don't look upon it as, uh, as your parents imprisoning you in some uh, compound that won't let you out. Think of it as them protecting you from that which is outside. There are dangerous wolves out there, and they want to protect you for as long as they can from the dangers that exist outside the compound. And so they've set up rules and regulations to be thankful. Except uh, these rules and regulations. As you get older, as they set bounds of what time you have to be home at night, don't be uh, 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 miserable. Be thankful. You've got parents who actually care enough to want to know where you are. Now, we've only got one daughter living at home still, and she's well and truly an adult now. But as a parent, you know, when she isn't home at a certain time, from work even, and she's normally home at a certain time, she's not, I get to worrying about her. That's what parents do. When they were younger, you certainly get worried about them. And as parents, we set up boundaries because we love our children. We want them to be safe, and so we say we want them home at a certain time. We say that we want them corralled safely in our protection. And that's what parents do. And if you have parents like that, young people, be thankful. Don't think that they're being all stick in the mud. Don't think that they're being terrible and they're just miserable and, you know, uh, your parents are awful to you. Be thankful you've got parents who care enough to say, no, or here's a boundary. Be thankful for that. Because they're trying to help you live a long and happy life. They're trying to protect you from harm. Now, when children are little, they don't understand what's going on when parents tell them no. But as you start to get older, understand they say no for your good, not because they are just miserable and horrible parents. And so children, and indeed teenagers, are to admire their parents, respect them, desiring to please them. Showing honor and respect is something that a child must learn if they're to be blessed of God. Once again, as parents, we've got to show them what it means to honor somebody. We need to show honor and respect to those with authority over us. We need to show honor and respect to other people so that our children might learn and understand what it means to honor and respect by our behavior. So they might understand how how to act in a way that brings glory to God. You know, our world even understands this principle of, of respect, uh, show, parents showing respect so that children might understand the rule. You know, it's a big thing in sports today that parents who go along to sports to watch their children play, that parents understand the principle of respect. Respect for the on-ground officials. Respect for those who are in charge of the game so their children might learn respect. It's a big thing about helping 
people don't understand respect. In fact, it's a big thing in senior sports that the, the sportsmen are supposed to behave in a certain way so that they show respect and honor to those in authority so that the children and others who are watching on may learn that principle. The world understands this. Surely we should understand it. That we need to act in an honorable way as parents that our children might learn how to honor and respect others, not just their parents. Your children need to know, learn how to show respect to those in authority, which is verses 1 and 2. Children are under authority. Therefore, the godly thing to do is to submit to that authority. And for when you honor authority, you show your submission to God. Go back to Romans 13, because the principle exists for you and I as adults as well. Here is this principle of showing honor. Romans 13, verse 2. Verse 1, let every soul that is subject unto high powers, for there is no power of God, uh, but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resisteth shall receive to themselves damnation. You and I are not to resist those in authority over us, we're to respect them. We're to show due respect to those in authority over us. Children need to learn to respect elders. Because 19.32 says, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, that's the man with grey hair and the woman with grey hair, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honour the face of the old man and fear thy God, I am the Lord. You know, our children need to learn respect for those who are older, those who have got grey hair, those who are uh, looking old in the face. It says, honor the face of an old man. So obviously the implication is that the face looks like a face of an old man. We're to teach them to do that because that's to fear God. God requires each of us to have respect for others. We need to teach our children that matter. You and I need to use the phrases like please and thank you. We need to show our children how to respect their and have honor for their elders by teaching them to call them Mr. and Mrs. To call them by, uh, you know, that title. It's important. You know, when I was growing up, I was told that unless an older person gave you permission to call them by their first name, you call them Mr. or Mrs. And only when they gave you permission to call them that name, you would then give them that, uh, you would then call them by their first name. Children ought to be learned to grow up to show respect for those in authority, those who are older than them, by showing this, by saying please and thank you, sir, Mr. and Mrs. They need to learn to show respect for their family. You honor the authority of your parents, then you'll have no trouble having uh, obeying and honoring the authority of others. Children need to learn to have respect for their home, where they live. As much as children don't like it, but children must be learned, must learn to keep their room tidy, to learn to make their bed, learn to put their clothes away, etc. They need to understand these principles. You know, we can all go out and buy a sign that says, danger, keep out, this is my child's room. I understand that, but better it would be that we teach our children how to keep their rooms tidy. 
teach our children how to, to maintain the, the home. This is a good stead when they go off to work and they're having to work for a boss. They already understand the principle of respecting their place where they live and the place where they work because they learn to respect the place where they live. To honour your parents and therefore honour God, you should show respect to the place where you live. And not only that, but they need to learn respect for self. And that's the result of the previous four. You know, children gain self-respect as they learn to respect others. Go to Genesis chapter 4, please. The Lord said unto Cain in verse 6, Why are thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. If you do well, you'll be accepted. If you don't do well, sin lieth at the door. If you do well, you gain respect. You know, we don't need self-esteem, which is what the catch cry of today. Everyone needs self-esteem, and we don't punish our children because we don't want to upset their self-esteem. People don't need self-esteem. What people need is self-respect, which comes from others esteeming us because we esteemed and respected them. We need self-respect, which is given to us by other people. People show respect to us because we show respect to them. We then have self-respect. You don't need self-esteem. Self-esteem is something imposed on you to say, you know, well, we're not going to stop you from doing this. We're going to let, you know, little Johnny wants to do that, therefore we're just going to let little Johnny do that, whatever they want to do. That's self that's uh, self-esteem, and it's just not what the Bible teaches. What we need is our children to learn self-respect, and they learn self-respect by doing these four things, by showing respect to authority, by showing respect to leaders, showing respect to having respect for their family, having respect for their home. Young people need to learn this lesson and learn it well. Respect your parents and those in authority over you and you'll have an abundant life of blessing. The crisis that exists today among teens, the lack of self-respect, is because they have lost the art of obeying and honouring parents and obeying and honouring others. They will sort this out. They will find that they have a life of blessing and a life of joy. For obedience to God's commands is always good and is always best and always brings rewards. If we obey the commands of God, they always bring blessing. And if our children learn to honor and obey their parents, it will bring blessing to them while they're children and it'll stand them in good stead for when they become adults and they have understood the principles of obedience and honor and they will obey those in authority over them, they'll have respect for those in authority over them and they'll live lives that will bring glory to God because they learned these principles while they're young. Young people, honor and obey your parents. Parents, let's train our children to honor and obey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for...
your word this morning. Uh, Lord, we know this challenge is a challenge to children. So therefore, we do pray, Father, for the teenagers and the young people here in church today that you'd help them, Father God, to understand the importance of obeying and honouring their parents. Lord, help us as parents to be able to, and grandparents, to be able to teach our our grandchildren how to obey and honour and teach them by example, not just by imposing upon them our wishes and saying, you know, do what I say, not do what I do, but Father, have them be able to do what we say because it's what we do. They might follow our example to your glory. Father, commend your word to our hearts and lives today. Challenge us by it, we pray. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now turn to hymn number.